0: reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is the Cubs Related Podcast presented by CubsInsider.com. My name is Corey. I am joined, as always, by Brendan, and we are coming to you on a Sunday evening. You, of course, listening to us on a Monday morning or afternoon, whenever you're joining us. Uh, Thank you for listening and welcome. We are are under two weeks from the Cubs opening the regular season in Texas against the Rangers, and so we are running out-of-spring-training off-season podcasts, Brendan. This is really, uh, I think, the second-to-last one. We'll have one more in the midweek, and then it's uh, about time to kick into season preview time. So one more episode of us clowning around, and uh, then it's, you know, time to break down real baseball. But Brendan actually coming to us this evening from Arizona. He managed to attend a Cubs baseball game and at least, as far as I know, nobody got hurt. Nobody's dead, so that's a plus. Uh, usually, not necessarily the case when one Brendan Miller attends games in person. Very true. Very true. But I, I want to throw it to you right away here and g- give us give us the, the the firsthand experience of of Cubs spring
1: training from Sloan Park. Oh man, I could talk about this for an hour. But uh, I've been going to spring training. First off, I. I went to college in Arizona, so I've been going to spring training every year for like a decade, basically. And I got to say, this spring training was so much different than even last year and all the years past in the Madden era. And we've heard so much just about what Joe is doing on the field. And we talked with Jordan Bastion about a week and a half ago, two weeks ago, about how Joe is doing more drills with the team on the field. And it's evident, like, that was, like, it kind of exceeded my expectations, Corey. So I got to the field around 10.30, and Joe is out there setting the field up. Like, he's setting the L screen up, preparing the drills, and the Cubs are shifting around in, like, five to six men hitting groups. So they go, they hit with uh, Ioposi, then they come over to the, kind of the main practice field closest to the stadium, and Joe Madden is basically, like, I think what thirty feet away with the pitching machine, and like what Jordan was saying, he's throwing—not throwing—he's putting these uh, these baseballs into the pitching machine and is simulating ninety mile per hour fastballs. And before each pitch, Joe is calling out the situations, and he's doing so within like five seconds in between pitches. So he, he you know he holds up the baseball, he says, "All right, guy on first, bunt." And John Lester's in the cage, and so you know Joe puts the ball in the in the little thing, it zips right in there at 90 miles per hour, and Lester, of course, Corey, your guy, perfect bunt. But then he also says, okay, you know, guy on first base, hit the ball, go opposite field, and what do they do? Line drives left field gap for at least for Lester, and he was doing that not only for the pitchers, but guys like David Bodie and Ian Happ. And most of the guys I saw were uh, from the from the outfield group, besides Bodie. So that was that was really remarkable too. Because in years past, Madden just kind of walked around and talked to the players behind the cage, and he would go from field to field. This year was a lot different. It was a tangible difference, and I was not the only one talking about that. A lot of the guys around me, who of course. Um, our frequent visitors, we were discussing, like, hey, this is a very noticeable difference. So amongst, like, all the different changes we've seen from, you know, player mechanics, David Bodie gaining 40 pounds, which was, by the way, extremely apparent when I was there, the Joe Madden thing really caught my eye, and it got me pumped up, Corey. Uh, As long as you're excited, Brendan, that's
0: all that that matters. I I will say it does speak volumes, I think, for... The Sloan Park security that you're allowed on the premises Dude, like, uh,
1: all over. Apparently, I mean, on the backfield, I was everything. Like fifteen, I was like fifteen feet away. I was right there, man. Yeah, like, I. By I the way, John I, Lester is a tank. He is a tank. I, I know, like you've seen him, of course, because you go to all the games. But being that close to Lester, he is just enormous. I don't know if he like got bigger in the past two years, but he is he's he's enormous, man. So that's a good transition. I want to at least talk about this for a
0: second. Okay. We've been mentioning a lot of the YouTube content that the Cubs have been putting out there and the series in particular called The Offseason, where in the first episode we went to the Dominican Republic with Pedro Strope. We, of course, sang the praises of said video on the last episode. But the newest one we got was John Lester uh, on his ranch. And Brendan, I said this to you when it first came out, but I literally could have watched hours of just this content. And basically all it is, is John Lester fishing and sitting in a deer stand in almost complete silence. But he's like kind of getting a little philosophical on us. He's, he's uh, musing on life and being a big leaguer. He talks a little bit about how it's, it's, kind of fun but not fun to see some of these younger guys go through uh, successes and failures and you know as the veteran kind of being able to watch them go through these different things and he, you know he pointed mm-hmm. to in, in particular how interesting it is to watch a lot of these guys grow up in a culture where they are winning the division every year making the playoffs every year going deep in the playoffs winning, every, in the, world winning series. In the world series like they did in 2016 mm-hmm. yes always a yes, good they reminder. Did. Yes, they did. and. Yep. It, this was just great, Brendan. I mean, this is the type of stuff where when I say I love John Lester so much, this it's again, these videos are only 6 minutes long, but this type of stuff really encapsulates why that is. I just love listening to this guy talk, his his general philosophy <laughs> on baseball life. He's, he's talking, he, he's, he spends a, a minute or two trying to figure out what to do about this deer that has a broken leg that he's watched grow from a baby. And if he's gonna shoot it, it has to be ethical. And, and you're just like, man, I just love all of
1: this. And there was one particular part two of that video where he was saying what he wants to be remembered for. And he didn't say, hey, I want to be remembered as a dominant pitcher, as a guy who was known to go out there in the playoffs and just dominate. He didn't say that. He said, I want to be known as a good teammate. And it sounds familiar, right? Like we know that's what David Ross said, to, uh, I mean, his entire goodbye tour, mm-hmm. essentially, and still to this day. His book, I think, is verbatim, A Good Teammate or whatever, whatever teammate, it is. Just teammate, yeah. Just teammate. So you can tell like that's that's the influence he's had. Throughout his career with the veterans, mm-hmm. like they want to be remembered as good teammates, and he's kind of passing the torch. And for for as much crap that the Cubs got for a lack of leadership and urgency, we've never heard Lester talk like that in years past. And we know just within the last month and two months, with Lester talking to the media, that he wants to take more of a leadership role. And so if that's kind of a sign going forward, we're in for a treat. Because if Lester is going to be more vocal, that's going to be <laughs> very entertaining. So, amongst the you know all all the entertainment videos that the Cubs are putting out, that that really caught my attention, and, I, mm. and I'm looking forward to see what Lester will do this year as more of a of a leader or more of a vocal leader. That is, yeah. And he said in particular uh,
0: uh, along those same lines that he wants to be the type of person that people miss when they're not there anymore. That yeah. when they turn around in the yeah. clubhouse. They are thinking, you know, man, I, I wish Johnny Lester was still here. Who wouldn't think that, though, Brennan? I mean, I know he's a modest guy, but like who on earth isn't already thinking that? Um, and
1: before we know it, that will be right around the corner when next year is his last year isn't that sad yeah it like, is where did six years yes go? yes it is um <laughs> I feel like Lester's the type of person though like if he has another good year next year they'll they'll you know resign him for a, a fair deal and he'll 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 pony back up he'll be a cup for like. I don't know you know nice. this is like one of those
0: things where we all you and I always talk about this because now like they cut to Mark Pryor and the Dodgers bullpen every five minutes during <sighs> these games I, yeah Unless it's the Red Sox, even if it was the Red Sox, if I have to look at John Lester in another uniform as a coach, it's going to make me sick. So, a Dodger uniform. No, don't even say that. He wouldn't. I'm not. He wouldn't do that. I'm not. He's not an L.A. man. Come on. I'm kind of seeing it though right now. I don't know. It's the prior that image because it's like it's so jarring, and you're like, man, this is like kind of offensive that they keep showing us this.
1: But I think he, I think he like shaved down his beard. I don't know if that was just me being like a little bit too far back, but it looked as if he kind of trimmed the beard, which, which I was disappointed about.
0: Yeah, I don't know. We'll have to we'll have to look into the beard games once the season starts. All bets are off when it's still spring training.
1: David Bodie's beard though is on point. I got to say like it, it was very, I mean, it looked like a Brian Wilson type beard when I was there and and Bodie was going off. That was the other thing I wanted to mention too. Um god, Bodie is just hitting the hell out of mm-hmm. the ball. There was like When they're wearing their level five shirts, not many people know who's batting, especially when you have David Bodie in groups like with uh, Mark Zagunas and, you know, some of the guys who are not more of the well-known guys and a casual fan has no idea who's batting. And so again, I'm around, you know, like 20, 30 fans and you have the guys that are there frequently, but you have the fans there who don't really know who's, like I said, who's batting. So David Bodie comes up. And he's following, who is he following? He was following Zagunis. And he's just hitting the hell out of the ball left and right, oppo, center, right field. He's just, I mean, they're lasers over the fence too. He went like deep over center field. This is unbelievable. And people are like, who is this guy? It is, it is noticeable, Corey. And he gained 30, 40 pounds and his bat speed. And he's just blasting balls all over the place. It's that's That's exciting. I think. My biggest takeaways were, one, the Joe Manning thing, but two, like Dave, David Bodie, I, I, I've i said it before in the past, I don't know what his role will be, and I'm not saying he deserves to play like 75, 80% of the time. I, From a selfish point of view, I enjoy watching David Bodie play. I particularly enjoy his defense, but the way his bat is developing is really remarkable, I think. It's such a unique career trajectory, and I I don't know, he's he's having an incredible spring. It's, It's so exciting to me, Corey. And I got my tickets through SeatGeek because getting tickets online can be far too complicated. With hundreds of sites and varying levels of reliability, it's hard to know who to trust. That's why SeatGeek is the way to go. SeatGeek pulls millions of tickets into one place so you can easily find the seats you want for a price you're willing to pay. There's nothing quite like being there in person and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for great value as you guys know I always use SeatGeek I use SeatGeek of course to these recent spring training games I'm looking to use SeatGeek for these uh, more west coast games early on in the season when they return back to Arizona since with SeatGeek every purchase is fully guaranteed so you know you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence best of all our listeners you guys get ten dollars off your first SeatGeek purchase what do you got to do Either go to the desktop website and sign up, or download the Seekik app and enter promo code CUBSRELATED Related today. That's promo code Cubs Related for ten dollars off your first Seekik purchase. SeaKeek life's an event; we have the tickets. I do wonder if
0: forty pounds seems like a lot. Are you making that number up?
1: No, that's a little bit. Of that seems like a lot of weight to, to gain, yeah, but he's noticeably—he's okay. no, noticeably I, I know that. I'm just saying, <laughs> like that's yeah. a lot. Um... I'm in a very optimistic mood, okay. you know, I came out of my latest spring training, I'm seeing these guys go, like, that's who I am right now, excuse me, Brendan is really
0: burying let him, let him the be. lead here, he got to meet Clark the Cub today, and is <laughs> very excited I did.
1: about it, we had a discussion, let's put yeah. it that way, I saw Clark kind of annoying some fans, can't can't be doing that, you're not Clark. a fan, fan of, of the uh, the old fake spider on the fishing pole gag. Not, I don't like yeah. that. I was traumatized by uh, Baxter, the, the, the D-back mascot who used to do all those shenanigans when I was growing up. Can't have that. Got to be watching the game. Got to let the fans, uh, let them be. I think that that, of all the things that we've talked about here on the Cubs
0: Related Podcast, I think that last snippet might be the best insight into who Brendan Miller, the person, <laughs> really is. Uh, you know, if you want to dig a little deeper there. But, uh, <laughs> so that was kind of a, a little bit of... A recap of Brendan's spring training experience mixed in with us both watching that John Lester video. It didn't necessarily tie in, but we were going to talk about it. I do want to mention you mentioned the level five shirts, and this is another one of Joe Madden's ideas. Uh, Maddenism. Maddenism, we'll just call it. Sure. Uh, He made shirts for everybody. They were wearing them today. So if you were curious on Sunday, what was going on with that? he described it as this, this again coming from uh, Jordan Bastian of MLB.com, who tweeted out, here are the five levels for major leaguers uh, per Joe Madden. Number one, happy to be here. Number two, survival. Number three, I belong here. I can do this. Number four, make the most money possible. And number five, all I want to do is win and granted uh that is why all the shirts said level five meaning that we are all here to win i I think i know this brendan but it as a fan i'm assuming that you're a number two uh, a survival that that seems like where you would be
1: on this list i would add another level to that to that slogan can you guess what it is you're not going to guess what it i'm just going to tell you love level six just stay healthy that's what I would do. Like level six, and maybe you can add in level seven, level eight, level seven. I think like stay I hydrated, think stay level healthy. Eight counts is like, as survival. Like
0: I'm just trying to survive this. That sounds like you. Okay. Yeah,
1: yeah that's true. That's true. I, I gotta say, like I don't think Javi Baez was was following level two today. You know where I'm going with this, don't you? The, the Red Bull, dude. I could not. You believe are so that. weird, Brendan. I can. So I'm so I'm watching Quintana's bullpen. I had a great view, by the way. So I'm watching Quintana's bullpen. And right after Wayne Mesmer delivered a phenomenal anthem, by the way, Javi Baez is right next to Rizzo and Brad Brock. Hopefully he's still healthy, uh, level two. And Javi Baez is downing a Red Bull, like chugging a Red Bull and then gets on the car and goes, takes his position at shortstop. Um, You know, we've had cramps issues in the past, not with Javi per se, but I I feel like downing a Red Bull is not the most intelligent thing to do before you play competitive baseball in their Arizona Heat. Am I wrong there, Corey? I mean, probably not. But I this is one of those moments where I wish this was a
0: video podcast because I think my eyes are going to be stuck in the back of my head with, with all the rolling that they're
1: doing here. Who cares, Brendan? You don't He's see Chris fine. Bryant doing that. You don't see Chris Bri- I mean, Chris Bryant, he 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 markets for Red Bull. You don't see him doing that. He's chugging I away think at Piggy probably in that I dugout. I
0: think Javi's got it under control. I wouldn't worry about it. What do you play, five innings today? It's fine he played pretty well too yeah. he had, what, and he did one of those he did one slide. of his yeah Elmago swim slides which I love that I love that he breaks that out in in spring training too. Like he can't help himself, but like you know that's always his instinct. That's really amazing.
1: Um, it was like a different type of slide too. It was like a more like casual type swim move. He didn't he didn't come back mm-hmm. and like grab the base with his right arm. He just went over the glove and with his left hand just stuck there. I loved it. Well, and a good reminder too. Uh, I'm not sure who was playing
0: uh, second or short for the Rockies in this in this instance on this slide. But just kind of a reminder, like, this might be spring training, brother, but this is still Javi Baez. Like, you got to (laughs) be, like, on another level to try to get this guy out. Um, But so I do want to transition to just the... Starting pitching performances that we did get uh since we last spoke uh obviously we came to you guys on thursday morning so we have four games uh to discuss we had you darvish going again he went four innings three hits one earned run two walks five strikeouts he was sitting in the mid 90s again reports were that he was uh, a little wilder in this particular start uh, but was able to work through it and you know again he, he velo looks good health looks good um, there's going to be starts like that in spring where you know I, I, I want to say that uh, Brett Taylor from Bleacher Nation was at this game and said that Um, it was the fastball command in the lower portion of the zone. And, you know, that's something that, you know, you work on in spring training. That's what these games are for to kind of, uh, get that better feel for everything, get the, the touch of all your, all your pitches. So not, not really concerned. He's still striking guys out. Velo looks good, was able to go, uh, the four innings, throw the amount of pitches that they wanted him to all good in, in my book on, uh, you Darvish there in his last start here then we had Cole Hamels he went 3.2, 5 hits, 5 earned, 3 walks, 4 strikeouts. Obviously not a great outing for Cole. Again, I remain uh unconcerned I think especially with the exact results. And I think for Hamels and Lester like I'm not going to be looking too much into anything until it's the regular season and they are dialed up to you know 11 on on the dial for here sure. because I you know, these guys in their mid thirties, I'm not really that concerned with what they're, when they get
1: to level five. Oh, wow. That was like you way like too
0: clever. It took me a second. Like, oh, I know. oh, right. We're surprised. Oh, right. Like we here. just talked about. <laughs> right. Uh, okay. Uh, then we had Hendricks go on Saturday. He went three and a third, five hits, one run, two walks, two strikeouts, a solid outing for the professor and then we had Jose Quintana go today, and Quintana gives up his first runs of the spring, naturally, the first one coming on a Daniel Murphy home run, so that's nice and annoying for everyone, Uh, but he goes four, four hits, two earned, two walks, three strikeouts, continues to look good. Again, the reports on him, uh, velos are looking good, his stuff looks good, he looks confident out there, so I think all things considered uh, a good stretch of starts, really just reading them because, you know, I think those are the pitching performances that most of us are, you know, really dialed in on, Um, but I don't think anything, you know, necessarily jumping out as either concerning or amazing, but everybody, you know, getting through their stuff, getting their work in, so I think that's fine. Dylan Maples did go on Friday just to update on, you know, those, that last bullpen spot and some of the guys we've been keeping an eye on, he went an inning. He did walk someone, but he also struck someone out. Uh, I think looked good in this game. And as I am looking at the box scores, I don't see any. Uh, I don't see Edwards uh, in any of these from the last few days. We did get Tyler Chatwood also on Saturday. He went one and two thirds, uh, no walks, no hits, no runs, and a strikeout. So. A good. Oh, we got Mike Montgomery,
1: by the way. I wanted wanted to quickly mention that. Also on Saturday, Uh, yeah. Yeah, so Monty came in. uh, What did he do? He threw... Two innings, two hits, no runs, one walk,
0: one strikeout.
1: Yeah, and his velo was sitting around 91, 92, kind of what you expect in spring training and from Monty uh, out in more of like a a long type of relief roll. Looked pretty good. Was uh, uh, showing the changeup, showing the curveball, showed a cutter sinker fastball the whole five pitch repertoire and that was my one key thing to look for as spring training started was monty's health because he had that shoulder issue so far it looks pretty good so that was encouraging for me
0: yeah so uh another name i i don't think we've really talked about him a lot um though that is is going to be in that bullpen mix at some point i don't know necessarily to break camp um as that's obviously going to depend probably more on where guys like Dunsing and Kinsler and Chatwood are, is they're a little trickier to deal with uh, in terms of their options and stuff. But Alan Webster has had a a oh, very yeah, good spring yeah. so far. He's thrown yeah. nine innings total of work. Uh, he's got 10 strikeouts in those nine innings, a two ERA, um, and, you know, just continues to to look good. He's impressing. Um, I know you've mentioned him on here before, but Brian Smith at Cubs Prospects, the uh, minor league writer yeah. for Bleacher Nation, has been talking about him pretty much the entirety of this spring training, that he continues to come in, look good, the ELOs are looking really good, and he's getting good results. So again, I'm not really sure when we can expect to see all of these guys it's really going to depend on uh where the the major league guys if you will are when they're ready to break camp and whether they're you know either going to cut bait with some of these guys or use the options for some of these guys so it's hard to say exactly but Webster making a a case for himself at least some point during this 2019 season
1: yeah he's throwing like Uh, Brian was saying between 94 to 96 and Webster was a former top prospect. I remember back in the days, even when he was coming up with the Dodger system um, and he was the top dog. I I remember like in that uh, 2008 season, there were some rumors with uh, some, some Cubs rumors actually with, with Alan Webster connected to him. So it's been a long haul for him. He was drafted. When was he drafted? He was drafted in 2008, and it's taken him a long time to get back here. I I, I was impressed by him, by him even in, in last season in his three innings, but he has pretty filthy stuff and he's had injuries in the past and whatever, but he's the type of guy, like he, he kind of follows that same Brandon Morrow trajectory in terms of Morrow was a top prospect, had health injuries, had some struggling type seasons, and he came through and made his career as a successful reliever. So it's not out of the realm of possibility that Alan Webster can do that. Now, like you said, Corey, it's whether or not he will break camp with, with this team. But I, I doubt it for a few reasons. One is if the Cubs do have some, you know, at least two or three of their current injured guys go on the DL, once they're back, they're going to have to boot Webster off the 40 man to get him back down to AAA. So they're, they're going to send him through waivers, which might be an issue for them. So I see Webster more as kind of a depth piece in case something drastic happens early on in in the early part of the season, just to preserve his control. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if he breaks camp with the Cubs, but it would be cool if he does because if that's the case, then that means Theo and, and Jet are kind of committing to him long term, or at least in my mind, that's how it comes across.
0: So again, you know, there's a number of these guys to, to keep an eye on. Um, obviously, I think you guys know that Brendan and I aren't particularly pumped about the Dunsing-Kinsler contingent. Uh, and of
1: course, I saw both of those guys uh, today, just as a nice treat to me.
0: Yeah, not a um, not a great day for, for one Brian Dunsing. Yeah. Um, <laughs> He went,
1: Kinsler looked pretty good, though.
0: Yeah, Kinsler going one and two-thirds, two hits, two strikeouts, no runs, no walks, uh, but Dunson going a third of an inning, four hits, four runs. We've seen that outing before from him. That's yeah. just an outing yeah. that uh, does not sound, uh, you know, unfamiliar. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, anyway that's the the state of the bullpen we also i think carrie muskett tweeted today that brandon morrow is going to throw that bullpen soon i think we have an exact day it might be tomorrow monday when you guys are listening to this um yes he will throw off a mound for the first time on monday the 18th so today when you guys are listening to this and he expects to miss around the first month of the season so that's just what it is um i don't you know, know if that's like an exact timeline or what, but that's what Kerry's saying. So uh that's what we're going to take. I think that's around what we were all kind of expecting. Um But yeah. at this point, whatever it takes for him to be healthy and for the Cubs to, you know, not be holding their breath every time he goes out there, you want him to be healthy and you want him to be usable. So I think however long that takes, it's going to be worth it. Um, We did get kind of, not an official update, but several of the beat writers over the last couple days since we last spoke saying that Pedro Strope still throwing in very good spirits, jogging at times, sounds like he's fine. Like whatever it was, they caught it, they traded it right away, not something to be super concerned about, Uh, so hopefully something that once he gets back on a mound you know, in over the next week or so, I think is what they were initially hoping for. We can move on and pretend that that little scare uh, didn't happen. But yeah, not, uh, you know, think t- yeah, ex- exactly. Something that, I yeah, think I think God. was worth worrying about, but luckily was not something super serious. But I want to move, Brendan, to Daniel Descalso has been dealing with a little bit of an injury. And I mm. want to... We've talked about the position player battle that is going to go on. Obviously, if Descalso had to start the year on the injured list, that would open up another bench spot. And, you know, there are some guys making a name for themselves in this spring training. So perhaps we can talk about that. Um, I think Mark Sagunas, who you already mentioned, comes to mind. Uh, Cristina Dames is another name that has performed well in the spring and that maybe could get that shot. But I want to ask you, and we have talked, you and I, pretty relentlessly that we are not going to dig into exact results or numbers or things like that from spring training and kind of just look at things from a broader perspective and understand that this is what spring training is for. But I, I do just want to ask you as we look at the, this position player battle, right? And and especially last year, at, we had different guys. Platooning and getting, you know, less playing time at times, much to the chagrin of their their various diehard fan bases. Um, but I, I just wanted to ask you in the forty one at bats, and I'm not. This is MLB.com. We all you, we always go through this, you guys. It just is how it is. I don't know if they've updated this. I think that they have, but MLB.com is sometimes weird about when they update it. So maybe it doesn't include today. I don't know. Ian Happ, forty one at bats. He's got a 146 batting average, uh, a 400 OPS. He has not homered in the spring. And he has, let me see here, eight strikeouts in those 41 at-bats over the course of spring training. So I am not looking at that going, oh my God, he's got a 146 average. He stinks, you know, get him off the team. I'm, I'm just asking you, do we care at all? Does it matter at all that Ian Happ has had a pretty bad spring. And in contrast, we look across or, you know, to the person that he was kind of splitting playing time with a good bit to Albert Almora, who has led off uh, a good bit. It, you know, and I think that's somewhere where we may see him in the regular season, of course. Uh, but he's led off a couple games this spring with home runs. He's got a 382 batting average, 1000 OPS, again, only 34 at bats, not digging into these numbers exactly. But I guess I'm just asking does it matter at all as we're, you know, now under, you know, we're about when you guys are listening, it's like 10 days from the regular season. Do we care at all that they're kind of having very different springs?
1: Well, I care that Elmora is playing better. Okay, Um, Here's why. One, it goes back to what we were saying for the last at least three episodes. When a player makes a noticeable change and that's followed by, noticeable success, I take notice to that. The changes Almora made were, one, to his batting stance and his stride. He's using more of a leg kick, and he's going back to more of his days when he was even drafted by the Cubs. Two, he got trimmer. He lost, I think, 15, 20 pounds. Noticeably more, like, fit and slim. I don't know. Whatever you want to say. It's noticeable. So I I, I do care about that. On the other hand, with Hap, I Look, it's 40 plate appearances. You can make the same argument with, with Almora. But with Hap, he looks good. I've watched plate appearances. Again, 40 plate appearances is really nothing. He struck out, what you what did you say, eight times. Mm-hmm. That's a 24% strikeout rate. But again, it's 40 plate appearances yeah. in spring training. And you go watch Ian Happ uh, during batting practice. The guy's just poking homers the opposite portion of the field. Like it's nothing. Like he's playing pepper with the wall. And his demeanor around the guys is positive. Personally, like what I was most impressed with half this off or this spring training when I was watching him, uh, even on TV, was his defense. His defense looks better at second base. So if Descalso is out, which right now, I, I, I got to say, I, I'd be surprised if he's healthy by opening day. We're like 10 days away. He's completely shut down from baseball activities. There's going to be playing room at second base among Bodie and Zobras, and you throw Hap in that mix. I would be surprised if Hap is not at least rotated in in that second base slot. But back to your point, if you're comparing Hap and Almora, like to some degree, I am encouraged by Almora for those two reasons: his body composition and his and his different mechanics. And as far as Hap goes. I, I don't really see any cause for concern. I'm not going to freak out that he only has a few base hits and 40 plate appearances in spring training. I would freak out if he was injured or he looked drastically different for the worse, and neither of those are true. So that that's where I am. And despite Almore looking better, the the opinion, I think, for, for you and I, Corey, and maybe I'm speaking for yourself, But I've always been, at least for the past year and a half, more of like a Hap guy. If I had to pick Hap or Amora, I would pick Hap. And that's just because he has that 30-plus homer potential. He has the multi-position flexibility. He's continuing to improve. He has the athleticism, the speed. And Amora is more of kind of a narrow-focused type player. He's a good defender, but he's only probably going to max out, at least unless something drastically changes, around 10 homers if he plays a full season so i've always been operating under the assumption that hap is my guy and i'm still going to do that so i think the answer is kind of your question and i think you and i kind of have the same thought like yeah i want to see hap play more if i have to pick between hap or Amora to get more in playing time it would be hap that being said descaso's injury does open up the possibility that both those guys will get an equal opportunity yeah, I think we're mostly
0: on the same page there. But Descalso dealing with a shoulder thing. Uh, Mark Gonzalez tweeting that he's hoping to resume swinging a baseball bat on Tuesday. Of course, swinging but a that, baseball but, bat. But you know what? That's still, important. again, that's like a week
1: and a half away.
0: That's like yeah, for we'll him see. to get ready. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we'll we'll, we'll yeah. see. I, I you know I wouldn't be surprised if he started on the injured list or not. So uh, I think we'll you know obviously know more this week once he start swinging again and then getting back in games or whatever. But I, yeah, I don't, I don't care really on this. I mean, we, we also saw, we've mentioned this before, but we saw the exact opposite last spring with Ian Happ, where he was, you know, one of the best players in the Cactus League and exactly. starts the season with a home run. And, you know, it kind of just goes downhill from there. So, you know, you don't want to read too much into this. You don't want to put too much importance in it. I, I do think it's it's worth mentioning just because there are so many, I, I guess, uncertainties as to where the playing time is going to go for this team that it, you know, at least to start the year, any kind of advantage you may be able to get in Joe Madden's eyes might be a valuable one. And, you know, if Almora has continues to have a good spring, gets those early opportunities and capitalizes on them, you know, then it, it it kind of goes from there. So I think that's really the only reason I, I kind of brought up the question. It's just that, you know, you know, you mentioned David Bodie and he's looking good. He had an opposite field home run the other day. You know, sometimes if a guy gets get a chance it. for whatever reason, you know, they're Sometimes you never look back on stuff like that, so it it's it no, just no. And trust me, I get it. Yeah, it, I, but yeah, I I don't really care. I'm certainly not altering my my. If I had a plan for Ian Hap going into the year, I'm not going to change it based on spring training, but it's just when you have a competition amongst so many players, it is, uh, interesting. And I will say, um, I know that you said that we're probably both hap guys generally. Um, but what I will tell you is that is definitely not the predominant standpoint amongst, uh, the Cubs fans that I come across on social media, uh, because <laughs> I posted the other day on the Cubs related Instagram, which is uh Cubs underscore related. And we'll, we'll touch on this in a second, but Madden basically said that he envisions the lineup going lead off Bryant Rizzo Baez. Not really a surprise. We've seen that a lot, but I asked who's your leadoff man, right? If this is the middle, you know, if this is the heart of the order, who's your leadoff man? I'm looking at it now. It looks like about 60 something comments and Jason if I said that every single one of them was, it's got to be Almora, he should play every day, Madden is nuts that he doesn't play him every day, I think I'd be pretty accurate in telling you that. Um, not exactly all of them, but pretty close. Um, and I see that on yeah. you know the Cubs social media as well. So it, it is, I, I'm, I guess I'm just musing on that. There's really not a point to that, but it's just like, I, honestly, Almora might have the most passionate, and devoted fan base of anyone, maybe save Baez, on this team. And I don't say that uh, in jest at all. If you look at things yeah. where a question is asked and Almora could be the answer, there are a lot of people jumping in uh, to the defense of one Albert Almora Jr.
1: Yeah, and I, I posed a poll earlier in the offseason, too, asking, who do you want? Do you want Almora or do you want half to get I think I asked like 500 mm-hmm. plate appearances in center field. It was 50-50. Like it was I forgot how many votes there were, but that's the consensus. It, it's a, it's a toss-up right now. And the argument for Almora is his floor is higher because you can predict his defense with more reliability. And I I, I buy that and I get that. But again, it goes to at least my perspective as thinking okay, if you can slot in Hap and let's say everything comes together for Hap this year, that's a really interesting player because Hap's baseline in his first two years has been an above league average player. His WRC plus last year, Corey, was 329, I think. I don't have enough up in front of me, but I'm pretty pretty dang sure it's 329. That's, uh, or his Woba rather, his WRC plus was, a, I think, 101, 102, regardless. That was kind of a down season in a lot of people's eyes, which is crazy to me to think about because he was twenty three years old when his season started last year. So so Mm -hmm. if everything goes right for Hap and he continues to improve and he doesn't have one of those bad months like he had last year in April, because he's learned, because he's adapted, because now this will be his second full year with the Cubs starting at opening day. That That is why I want to see him get more of a chance and hopefully get more, I guess, grace in case he goes through like a week or two of a slump. That being said, and nothing suggests this is going to happen, but I've always been under the mindset that Almora has more room for power. And again, no numbers suggest this. His hyper-aggressive plate approach, his poor numbers in both the minors and his time with the Cubs does not suggest it, but... I don't know. I always thought he had more room for power if he just changed something. And for David Bodie, the change was getting his contact point further up in front. And I can see maybe that's something that could be worked on with Alberto Mora. I, I, I don't know. And we saw him hit that homer, that leadoff homer against Soriety, hit the, hot, the hell out of the ball. So I can see that being a possibility. I just don't think it's realistic. And I think for Happ, it is more realistic. I think he has way more potential. I mean, imagine having another really flexible player that can go to third base, to second base, to center field, left field, right field, with 30 homer pop. That's that's an insane asset to have, and that that's that's why I want to see Hap get more of a shot. Nothing against Elmora, but I, if you're gonna put my my cards on one bet, I'm going with Hap. Well, and one thing to note that I think is amazing, and it, and
0: we, we talk about, or at least you read a lot sometimes that, you know, the Cubs farm system is not in the best place, et cetera, et cetera. We always go back to Theo's quote. I think at this point, you guys could probably read it verbatim with how much we bring it up, uh, that, <laughs> you know, it. the best farm system is when they're playing at the major league level with World Series rings on their finger, an all-time quote, really. That should be on his gravestone, probably. But Talking about Theo Epstein's gravestone is extremely... Well, but in an honor... No, I don't think so. It's, you're allowed to do that. Um, okay. okay. But the the, the the thing I just wanted to point out is that this discussion involves two 24-year-olds, right? That's cool. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing for the organization. Like, yep. we're debating which of these 24-year-old guys should be getting more playing time you know, their strengths, their weaknesses, and they both contributed at the major league level for years now. And so I think that that's not something that should be ignored in a discussion like this. You know, obviously Al has been in the organization longer. He was drafted out of high school, but it's, these are still 24 year olds. So, uh, you know, I think, and a lot of this happened last year too. We talked about this endlessly when Hap was struggling that, you know, you need to do what's best for the team ultimately, like the team needs to win, but let's not forget that these are young guys. Like these are not like, old throwaway players if they stink. Like we talk about Brian Dunsing, right? For example, like no offense to Dunsing, great guy. But if he's not good, you got to move on. Like this is not someone you're investing in long-term, right? Almora and Hap, that is not yeah. the case. These are young guys. They're 24-year-olds. So it's important to get this right and important to you know get the most out of them like you said you're talking about the the ceilings that each of them had. like they're still trying to tap into that like we're not done with that yet like these guys are 24 years old so i think and that's
1: what lester was saying too like he was saying it's fun and not fun to watch them learn as they're winning championships Mm -hmm. and so that's that's i think like we that's a perfect example of what lester is saying in one sense it sucks he had had that april that he had last year but Nevertheless, he came back, and he had a pretty damn good rebound soon thereafter. And I always point this out, but I do think it's important to mention, and I think I've said this on the podcast at least three or four times, but if you look at players under 26 years old, Corey, and you look at walk rate, you look at just quantity of homers, the two guys that are in the top five of that age bracket are one Ian Happ and two Kyle Schwarber. Both, nice. yeah, exactly. Both were perceived to have underperforming seasons last year. That that shows the expectations for this team, and also shows the potential for this team. Because I think even you and I, like we 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 have higher expectations for Schwarber and for Hap. But if someone like if David Bodie had Ian Hap's the year last year, we would be ecstatic, and that's not that's not what happened mm-hmm. we're kind of going into the 2019 expecting more from Ian Hap so i do think it's a good point that you're mentioning and if if everything works to the cubs favor then they're getting another guy under team control for four more season that's going to be in the top of most valuable players in in the league and I'm not saying that with any type of hyperbole Corey
0: yeah well and I you know I'm just thinking about it there there is another universe Brendan where that Albert Almora home run off of Kershaw in game one of the 2017 NLCS is like
1: one of the bigger home runs in Cubs lore I I, you know I was there right so I I, I was right there I I know you were and uh I mean, Did for we all go to the that crap you gave me for going to these games, <laughs> if we go to that game together, <laughs> we weren't actually. I don't think next so.
0: I, I legit don't remember. No. That would be funny though. We're both like, yeah, I was there. Like, yeah, we went. <laughs> we went together. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, and and you know, to that Lester point too, and then I think we can move on from this. But uh, you know, Almora's a good example of that. Like, he has that big moment tagging up, of course, in the World Series and you know has he has a catch in san francisco and right, right field and, and you know has yeah. had obviously his ups and downs to a degree you know he was really not good in the second half of 2018 like startlingly bad numbers. Um, But it, you know, it it speaks to what Lester was talking about, that these guys are very young and they're, they're growing up in a situation with the Cubs where it's not, you know, just losing a hundred games every year. It's, they're in huge moments and they get a chance to, you know, live the highest highs and, you know, some of the lowest lows. So it's uh, an interesting situation to monitor. And I, and I, I wanted to, you you made me think of something too when you mentioned schwarber i like that kyle schwarber is kind of flying under the radar this spring training in a in a sense because yeah, obviously not much
1: has been said about him yeah right?
0: and i like that because in 2017 of course the cubs are coming off again uh stop me if you've heard this before but winning the world series uh they did win the world that, series of yes, course yep. kyle schwarber plays an integral and, you know, storybook, right, newsworthy role in with his comeback from the knee injury in such a short time, and how good he was in the World Series, etc. So, you know, obviously a big spotlight in that 2017 spring training heading into, you know, a year where he was supposed to be healthy, etc., obviously that goes the way it goes, but we'll leave that for another day. And then last year, you know, he had that big uh, weight loss body transformation thing where he showed up and everybody was like, whoa, like, who is this guy? And what did you do with Kyle Schwarber? I kind of like that he's, you know, he's, he's made some changes to his swing. He's gone back to more of what he was doing at Indiana. Um, mm-hmm. But I like that people aren't really talking about him. He, because, He's one of those guys that I think deserves to have people talking about him. You shouldn't forget about Kyle Schwarber, but I think for him and for the Cubs, let people forget about him. Like, I think that's fine. I think that everyone will probably be reminded of him pretty shortly uh, because that's how good he is and how good he can be. But I kind of like that we're not really focused so much on Kyle Schwarber this spring training.
1: It's funny too because under the same light, I think one of the common themes this off season in the spring training has been a return to roots. And so, we we talked about this the last two years. Like the Cubs consistently try to stay ahead of the curve by changing their mechanics, and we've seen that over and over and over again, even dating back to when Jorge Soler was a Cub. And this offseason has been different. And rather than you know going out and getting someone like a Jim Hickey or a Chili Davis, what did they do? They went back to their 2014, 2015 days. They went in, they got back Anthony Ayaposi, they promoted Tommy Hadavi. You got Omora who's going back to his batting mechanics when he was drafted. Schwarber, the same thing, when he was going back to Indiana. This is this is interesting. It's a complete philosophical change, I think. And that was something we talked about. During that fuming end of season podcast, saying oh, maybe what they were doing necessitates a philosophical change, and to some degree, I think we are seeing that. We're seeing them get back to their roots, and I think you're exactly right. Like we're hearing nothing about Schwarber. I have not even heard one central piece highlighting Schwarber's off season resume or any type of like major change. We saw that one athletic piece, but it wasn't, you know. Nowhere near what we heard in in last offseason when he was losing you know thirty pounds, and so I think Schwarber and Elmora and Hadavi and Ayaposi it's it just goes to show you that maybe that philosophical change is just getting back to what made the Cubs good to begin with and not trying to do too much and you know what I'm trying to say like I think it's it's very interesting and for a lot of the lack of activity that the cubs had in the off season, the internal activity was extremely active and i i think you're exactly right i think it will be fun to watch schwarber kind of not have that that spotlight on him like he's had the last two seasons
0: yeah so I, I think that's kind of where we are. Um, in I, I don't recall if this was the in between the days of our last podcast or not, but they they did talk to Theo. They they said that they were reviewing potential options for the bullpen, but that Ke- Craig Kimbrell is not one of them. So uh, I know. I don't think any of us were really Ugh. expecting that, um, but just a heads up. It, in my, dr- my dream, yeah, I was it was yeah. brought up, and I don't think it's it's going to happen. So um, I, I'm pretty sure this is the group we're looking at. Still, wild that he doesn't have a team. Him and Dallas Keuchel. Um, <laughs> I, I, I You know, I don't know what kind of offers they've been getting, if any, but it's just wild that uh, Craig Kimbrell you know, someone of that caliber does not have anything to do, um, you know, like 10 days. Even Dallas Keuchel, yeah. it's like, Well, and it's It's here? weird too, because you look at, you know, I think you could make the argument for the Cubs, but I, as we've discussed a lot, like I genuinely believe them. I agree when the Cubs say like, you know, we think we have the talent to do it. We've talked about a lot that, you know, that maybe shouldn't be enough for a team like the Chicago Cubs. They should maybe go for the kill but I agree with them like I think the team is good enough um, but there are some other teams uh, especially in the NL that jump out like they could use another starter they could use a big-time reliever and you're looking at them going like what are you doing like <laughs> you know like yeah. I'm not sure what you guys are doing here
1: but okay uh, like Cincinnati could use you know a starting pitcher like like Dallas Keuchel. or I mean so like you know you look at bizarre.
0: like Atlanta who's got a lot of injuries I think right? Faulty's dealing right? with an injury they had a couple other guys deal with injuries and you're thinking like there's a couple guys just sitting there man like you can have them like (laughs) you know like
1: philly what happened what happened to that stupid money they spent 25 million like on harper which right they committed 330 but 25 million is not that much against that luxury tax weird
0: different definitions of stupid i guess but so (laughs) uh, a lay of a lay of the land here uh if you guys are listening to this on monday the cubs are off today, one of those uh, kind of rare spring training off days, though we will have the uh, much anticipated, I say that not as a joke at all, uh Brandon Morrow getting back on the mound. So you know, we don't have a spring training game, oh, Brendan, but we do have something to make us all really, really nervous, uh when it starts well,
1: I wasn't even thinking about that until you brought yeah. it up. I, I Sorry, I, I'm just gonna pause you right there. Like the past four recordings, you have like taken my role, I feel like. You're worrying about lesser's He's velocity. throwing the bullpen tomorrow. I don't control that. <laughs> You're the one who you're the one who said there's something to be nervous about. I guess so. You 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 want me to?
0: I can maybe do a redo of that. Um, So the Cubs have uh, an (laughs) off day tomorrow, Brendan. And man, I am pumped up. Brandon Morrow getting back on the mound. He's going to be ready for 2019. I can't wait. Is that better? I'm nervous, man.
1: (laughs) I don't want to see it. I don't want to, I don't, like, imagine, 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 like, the news we get, like, oh, he's dealing with some unexpected uh, elbow pain, shut him down for, you know, no foreseeable immediate return. Like, that's, that's what I'm expecting. Yeah. Well, and just, you know, for reference, like, there are guys who that would
0: be my reaction. Um, Like, it's not like I'm, you know, worried about everything, but I think is one of those guys that, like, he warrants being a little worried about he's dealt with a lot of injuries um we we had the kind of like start stop start stop thing last year where he was coming back but then it was going to be a little later but he was still going to be back by September then he was going to be back for the playoffs and then he was you know just completely shut down so yeah. you know like when when KB started swinging again I think we said like oh yeah like KB's coming back like we're ready this uh you know Let's get him off the mound and healthy, and then we can uh, go from there. But from that point, after Monday, the Cubs have eight days. Uh, of baseball left in the spring. A few split squad days in there, uh, but they play again on Tuesday the 19th, and then they wrap up the Cactus League schedule on March 26th, a Tuesday, uh, against the Boston Red Sox. They are off on Wednesday, and then Brendan, it is time to go. They play the Texas Rangers at uh, what, as long as my MLB app is not lying to me, uh, 305 in Chicago on Thursday, March 28th. So that is kind of the lay of the land here. I if I were doing quick math, you know, that that means we've got uh, you know, one or two max appearances for some of these guys uh for the rest of the time. I don't know if they'll all be in the games. Obviously, we've seen a couple of these guys just get their work in sim games. So we're really looking at kind of the last looks at, at some of the pitchers, especially. I mean, obviously the, the position players will continue to get in there probably until the end, but we're almost wrapping this up, Brendan. It's about time to uh, put a close to spring training 2019 and, and get things going here. Are you ready? Yeah, I think so. Yeah.
1: I don't know if I am yet. I'm into I, it. I don't know. Yeah. I, I got to see... I, I, don't, I don't know. I got to see how this bullpen, how this health shapes out. If this if they're going into this uh, season with four of those guys missing with Barnett and Sedanio and Morrow and Strope and Brad Brock injured, I'm going to have some hesitation. I'm not going to lie. But, yeah. Um, I mean, I think I'm more in the
0: mindset of, you know, when we break all this down from an analytic or, you know, thoughtful based perspective, I would note a concern with the bullpen, right? But, you know, yeah. I, once the season starts, I mean, I I, I I, don't know how you actually watch all the games. We talk during them, but I, I can't be certain. Um how me personally? How well, I'm, I'm watch just the saying games? like when the regular season rolls around, I'm not watching the game thinking, oh man, I'm concerned about this bullpen. Like if I were breaking it down, I might have oh, built no. the bullpen in a different way. But like once they start playing, like I watch the nine innings they play and I react to those nine innings and what goes on
1: on the field. So I'm not really yeah, for me it, for, thinking like that. For me, that. it's changed. It's changed over the years. I think like when we first started the podcast, like during that 2016 year, I I watched the games as a barometer for future performance. Like I watched like those August games thinking, okay, this is what's going to happen in October, okay. and that was just bad logic. Nowadays, I'm exactly like you. Like once they go out in that first inning, I don't care who's in that bullpen. I'm I'm not thinking about that. I'm in, in complete denial. I think that team is the best team on the field better than all other 29 teams when they go out there and just start playing baseball so like once that happens then yeah all the nerves go away from me it's just the time in between games that kill me especially those hard lost games like that night those nights between the next game are just brutal for me yeah no doubt but yeah no i mean
0: i'm i'm ready to get this going i think you know we've talked about this before and I, i think we'll get into this maybe a little more when we're doing the actual season previews which i i would guess would be two parts again we haven't really decided on that um if you had any opinions on how we did it last yeah. year we so what did we do we, take take like a hitting, we kind of broke it down it like position by part, position like, we did pitchers one day position players another and i think yeah. we looked you know kind of at the rotation like pitcher by pitcher or went through the bullpen i I don't know how I felt about it. I think maybe there's a less uh like structured way of of doing that rather than looking at like every individual player and like talking about you know their projected e r a and whatnot. But if you guys liked it, we'll let us it know out. if you hated it, let us know you know we can we can mix it up but I would imagine two days I'm not sure we can uh- <laughs> you know get ourselves ready for a full season of Cubs baseball in just around one hour. I think we'll we'll need more time than that. But what I was going to say is, you know, maybe we'll get into this more, but I am ready. I, there are times where I pull myself back and I say, you know what, we're in another year of the Chicago Cubs playing really good baseball, being a competitive team, pakoda be damned right a team projected to be near the top of the division top of the league and i'm i look forward to that you and i and obviously all cubs fans uh but you and i are kind of obviously on the same uh age scale so it's easier to relate we've watched some bad teams we've gone into a lot of years with bad teams knowing they were not going to be good knowing they might be the worst team in the league and so I look forward to these opening days. You know, it's, it's a Hope Springs Eternal type thing. Um, the, the Cubs are good. They're in a good place as an organization. And I am ready to get the regular season going while that, while that is the case.
1: It's especially sweet for me, too, the, the last two seasons, at least. Again, since you and I are in, are in L.A., for me, I wear my World Series jersey, my World Series Championship t shirt, my World Series Championship hat, and I mob right into yes. work with all my Dodger Loser co-workers. And I got I got this huge World Series Championship magnet that I have a whiteboard right next to my uh, my office area that's going right up. That is like Christmas morning for me. And you know, maybe I'll get one of uh, one of those World Series hats for these Dodger fans um, maybe a runner up perhaps if they even make those, but that's, that's what I look forward to the most is like, like just, you know, strutting in and and showing who's the team to beat.
0: Yeah. And I, and I think that, you know, that speaks to kind of too like, this is a a different era and we talked about this, but like, this is not the, you know, we're like three seasons now removed from the Cubs winning the world series. Like this is not, The organization that we all grew up with. It's just not. You know, this is not the lovable losers. This is not a team with uh, a big title drought hanging over them. Like, that's gone, folks. It's over. It's been years, right? So like yeah, I, so
1: now 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 that's the Dodgers thing, <laughs> right?
0: I, <laughs> yeah, I <love> well, it. <laughs> really it's the Indians, but the Dodgers are are getting there. But yeah, they're pretty close. Like so, yeah. Like I'm enjoying being in this this you know new era of Cubs baseball where they're just good and they're they're a top team in the league. And you know, look like it's been a long off season. It's been an interesting off season. They they have questions, no doubt, but. I'm ready to get it going because it's always fun to watch uh especially on day one a Cubs team that you know we can go in legitimately thinking like I expect this team to make the playoffs I expect this team to be a contender for the World Series the World and Series. I'm into it yeah. yeah you know like that's what we all yeah. were hoping for all along and so I I am definitely uh ready for it I like look if you know Lester gives up eight runs on opening day like I'll you know be just just as miserable and like you said they have that off day right after so to be perfect to just sort of let the the, uh let the misery just swell but uh for now (laughs) at this moment i'm you know very much looking forward to it
1: if lesser gives up eight runs on that opening day we're not recording that weekend i don't know if i can do that that's just too much anxiety for me well if they win two out of three we'll feel better that would be different okay. than how they
0: normally do it, losing that last one and letting us all just be upset, even though they still won two of three. But
1: So this reverse this year? The reverse. They game lose series. the first game. Yeah. yeah. Okay. You know what? If we're gonna do, if we're gonna lose one game per series, let it be the yeah. first game because that that last year, that's two sucked, out of three method, I, hate, I usually hated works. that sour taste in my mouth after that series. That it really is a thing that they do.
0: I I don't have this. I'm sure you can look at the baseball reference play index and figure this out. But I, they must have led <laughs> the league in, in winning the first two and then losing that last game.
1: I mean, Theo. They even did said talk that too. about that. He's yeah.
0: Like, <laughs> yeah. So the getaway day. Uh, let's reverse not? that this year. that's the lay of the land folks so like i said i i think the plan will be uh the midweek episode here we'll we'll keep talking spring training um hopefully we have a very successful and positive brandon morrow update uh hopefully as you're listening to this, that's already happened and he's great. He's healthy and they're moving up the timeline. He'll be ready for opening day. No, that's not going to happen, but we can hope for a a good outing (laughs) at the very least. Um, but I think, I think that's the plan for that. And then I would guess, uh, the, the last two episodes of the spring, uh, that Sunday and maybe the, the last one will come out on Wednesday and not Thursday. We'll have to look into that, uh, with the Cubs playing on Thursday. Um, But either way, I think those will be a couple hours worth of just hardcore season preview predictions, bold predictions, uh, things like that. And as you guys know, you can already expect this. Every year we talk about how worried we are about this, how concerned we are about that. Should they have done this? Should they have done that? You can pretty much book both Brendan and I to predict them to win at least 100 games, win the division by 1,000 games, <laughs> win the World Series. That's just how it is. Um, I, I think our, oddly enough, as for as weirdly negative as we spin sometimes and as concerned as we are, Uh, overall outlook of the team, I think we're always very positive, sometimes to a fault. But I think our claim to fame, Brendan, is, and I don't even know if it's in the archives anymore. It's been so long. Uh, But if you listen to the episode we did during the stretch in 2016, where the Cubs were (laughs) awful, just awful, I think I literally say verbatim, don't worry about it. It's every team goes through stretches like this. They will probably right the
1: ship and win the World Series, and they do. So yeah, that's that's no longer in the archives. I have to go get it out of my hard drive somewhere. It's somewhere in my. It's in real. My, uh, it computer. happened. So
0: like we 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 get uh, nitpicky and whatnot at times, but I think overall outlook of the team we're always for whatever reason very positive. Um, I don't know what
1: that says about us, Brendan, but that's just. We had a pretty bad one there during September last year, and justifiably so. It ended up pretty bad three weeks later, but, you know, call it psychic or whatever, but we got a good feel for this team, I Somehow,
0: like. yeah, somehow. Somehow. You, you're listening to us ramble on. You really wouldn't think it, but I think somehow we have our finger on the pulse of this uh, a little bit, but that's it. So, uh, yeah, uh, again, I think, you know, uh, especially with, with contrast to the last episode we did, uh, an uneventful spring training weekend is a good spring training weekend. We'll take it. Everybody looking healthy, Boring is starters, uh, getting their work in some good performances there. And I I think things look good. So uh, again, we are, as you guys are listening to this on Monday, 10 days away from the regular season starting. Uh, Only eight days left of Cactus League games and and split squads and things like that. And then the Cubs will be heading to Texas. So like I said, we will talk to you guys again in the middle of this week. And then we have two more episodes for you before uh, March 28th. And those will be season preview additions. We may have some special guests for you. We're still working on that. I don't know if you, you know, Evan's been on a lot. I I consider him a special guest, but at this point you guys might be kind of used to that. But I think Evan will be one of them. Spoiler alert. But uh, that's about it. So uh, as always, we thank you guys for listening. Uh, thank you guys for the five-star reviews in the iTunes store. If you haven't done so already, uh, we would appreciate it. I, there still will come a time uh, once the regular season starts that I think we'll, we'll do a, a giveaway of, of something. I have obviously something in mind um, for that, but uh, don't want to do that uh, in spring training. But if you haven't, uh, in the iTunes store, leave us a five-star review and a comment as to uh, what you just absolutely adore about Brendan and I. There's a litany of things. Mostly me. Hey, if it's all Brendan, that's fine. I I don't know that I've seen any only pro-Brendan reviews, but... I just saw one on CubsInsider.com. That was about your bio, not the podcast. That doesn't count. Which was all factual, by the way. It was, but... Either way, (laughs) whatever you enjoy about the podcast, uh, leave that note. We very much appreciate it. I have yet, Brendan, to figure out what it does for the podcast, uh, even in the iTunes store. But we're told it's something and we appreciate it. Like I said the last time, I read them sometimes and I'm like blown away at how nice you guys are. Um, so thank you for that Um, and otherwise we will talk to you in the middle of this week so whether we are still debating spring training stats or the Cubs are playing a regular season game go Cubs
1: Keep your whole home running like clockwork from the office to the game room with Xfinity Internet. You'll get the best in-home Wi-Fi experience with reliable speed and coverage. Now that's simple, easy, awesome. Go online or call 1-800-XFINITY today to learn more. Restrictions apply. Get really into your favorite shows and movies
0: all in one place with Flex, a 4K streaming box you get free with Xfinity Internet. Find what you want with your voice on Netflix, Hulu, Disney Plus, and more. No more jumping in and out of apps. And get Peacock Premium at no additional cost. It's a way better way to watch. Learn more at Xfinity.com Flex. Restrictions apply requires postpaid Xfinity Internet,
1: excluding Internet essentials, one device included. Subscriptions required to access streaming services.